welcome to Native New Health. Let's get started. Native New Health will address specific health concerns that plague our people. So the first step is regular exercise. Try this at home. It's up to you what you like to put on, but it's very simple and quick. Exercise regularly. We cannot emphasize this enough. Welcome to Native New Health, an exciting program designed for Native people by Native people. Hi there. Welcome to Native New Health. I'm glad that you could join us today. I'm Gina Gabosh. And I'm Ed Dunn. In today's program, we will learn some very valuable information on how to keep our children healthy. It goes without saying that your children are very important to you. So, part of caring for your children involves keeping them healthy, safe, and happy. That's right, Gina. And the best time to teach our children these important lessons of life is when they are young. Absolutely. But nowadays, telling your kids what to do doesn't always work. They need to see you choosing healthy habits too. So let's learn some important methods to help them grow strong and healthy. Lead the way. Now, to create the best healthy environment for our children today, not only do we need to make sure that they eat healthy foods, but we must also keep an eye out for possible injury dangers and also avoid exposing them to illnesses. And furthermore, we need to make sure that our children stay physically active and spend time outdoors. Being healthy should be fun for everyone. Let's remember too that communicating openly and regularly with your child is so very important. This means not only talking to them, but patiently listening to them. You see, monitoring their emotional and mental health is essential to their development. But the fact is, Ed, that to be healthy, today's children face a whole new set of challenges that, that we didn't have when we were kids. That's right, Gina. For instance, let's look at their weight. Today's kids weigh more on average than we used to when we were kids. Yes, Ed. And North American indigenous youth, for example, are affected disproportionately by the epidemic of obesity and its accompanying problems compared with other ethnic groups in North America. Did you know that before 10 years of age, 40 to 50% of indigenous children in many of our communities all across North America are classified as either overweight or obese by modern definitions. This is significant in contrast to data from a century ago in which Caucasian and indigenous children were equivalent in weight and body mass index. So what happened, Gina? Well, let's take a look. You see, traditional subsistence lifestyles on indigenous reservations have been replaced with federal programs such as the Food Distribution Program, the Food Stamp Program, and the Commodity Supplemental Food Program. Additionally, new dependence on store-bought foods, poor access to fresh fruits and vegetables, and the increased consumption of fast foods have resulted in American indigenous children, for example, suffering from higher rates of obesity and related complications such as type 2 diabetes. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, in some communities, the prevalence for type 2 diabetes in some indigenous children 
can be as high as 76%. Imagine that. The fact is that today's children spend less time being physically active and more time with electronic devices while eating junk food. The real problem here is that children who struggle with weight have an increased risk of future health problems. Yes, Gina, and these health problems include all sorts of things like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, and even cancer. These chronic diseases, diabetes mellitus in particular, have become a childhood epidemic in indigenous country. You know, Gina, the sad thing is that most kids who are overweight or obese now will carry those same health problems throughout their adulthood, all as a result of their bad childhood habits. So friends, let's choose good habits and work on this problem today to make a difference in our children's health. Yes, Gina, let's choose wisely and guide our kids into a healthy, happy lifestyle. What do you say? Right on. Now, here are four methods that are simple and effective in keeping your children healthy, safe, and happy. Let's start with method number one, establishing healthy habits. We begin first with establishing a proper habit for a regular sleeping schedule. It is important for your child to get around 10 hours of sleep every night, depending on their age, of course. Going to sleep at the same time each evening will help this happen. Stick carefully to this routine and only push back the bedtime if it is absolutely necessary. When possible, allow your child to sleep in if they went to bed late. You see, sleep is important to health in many ways. Did you know that children actually grow the most while they sleep? And proper sleep allows their bodies to recover quickly from illnesses or to fight off potential infections. It also boosts the metabolism. Good sleep can calm emotions and result in a healthier state of mind as well. It is recommended that preschoolers, elementary and middle schoolers get between 10 to 13 hours and teenagers between 8 to 10 hours. This is dependent on personal preference as well. Some children simply prefer to sleep more or slightly less than average. Encourage your children, whenever possible, to play outside in the fresh air and sunshine every day. You see, this simple activity will also help them sleep better. But you already knew that, didn't you? A second good habit is encouraging a proper diet for your children. Try to find good, healthy food for them to eat. Expand your menu. Find a variety of fruits and vegetables and whole grain products for your household. In other words, try to include a plant-based diet which provides for the best overall health for your family. And when you can, go for fresh organic produce. But do I hear you saying we can't grow fresh fruits and vegetables here in the icy cold north? Well, these don't grow in that kind of weather either. So how do they get there? the same way that good fruits and vegetables could be brought in. And plant food is so much better for you. So, let's offer our children healthy snacks throughout the day. And nowadays, there are all kinds out there, such as hummus or avocado dips with carrots and celery sticks and much more. Apples, oranges, grapes and melons are great snack foods too. They are low in sugar and are good for you. Some of these items you may have to introduce little by little for them to get used to their healthy tastes. But they are so good for them. 
invite your children to help you with meal preparations. Make it fun. Let them choose a healthy recipe for dinner. Take them with you to the grocery store and turn reading labels into a game. Make food more interesting for finicky eaters by crafting healthy and fun family recipes. If your child refuses to eat vegetables, keep offering them, but don't force them. Children's taste buds develop and change over time, so keep trying. Offer other vegetable options and preparations as well. A child who dislikes straight steamed broccoli may love it when it's dipped in a healthy salad dressing. Children will follow your example, so eat your veggies and they will most likely too. A third healthy habit to establish is to offer your kids lots of fresh, clean drinking water. Throughout the day, a child should drink the number of 8-ounce water glasses that correspond to their age, up to a limit of 64 ounces total at 8 years of age. So, a 4-year-old child should drink 4 glasses containing 8 ounces of water per day. This total does not include other liquids, just water. Your child should start drinking water after they reach 6 months of age. Prior to this, of course, they should drink breast milk or formula. After their first birthday, a child should drink any fluid from a sippy cup to prevent bottle mouth. And bottle mouth is where their teeth begin to decay. However, many parents today are choosing to give their children almond milk or something other than animal milk. It has been found that there may be some connection with artificial hormones present in animal products that could be harmful to your child's health. Most Indigenous Americans have difficulty digesting dairy milk because of the milk sugars it contains. But the important thing is, is that a two-year-old should drink up to two eight-ounce glasses of fortified non-dairy milk and plenty of water every day. A child's brain is composed of 80% water, so staying hydrated is particularly important for optimal brain development. Continuing with our first method of establishing healthy habits, let's keep junk food to a minimum. Avoid purchasing sugary, fatty, or heavily processed foods. If you don't buy them, then your child will turn to a healthy alternative that is available in your fridge or pantry. Watch out for sneaky foods that appear healthy but are actually the opposite. This can include items labeled low-fat or even low-sugar. It is so much better to simply offer your child a piece of fruit. They'll love it. Now let's move forward with method two, preventing illness and harm to your child. This starts with ways to avoid exposing your child to harmful substances such as smoking. You see, smoking is not only bad for you, but for all of those around you. So keep your children away from areas where there is and has been smoking. Smoke and its harmful chemicals can linger also on your clothing. Then when you hold your baby, the chemicals will be breathed in by your baby. And secondhand smoke is harmful to everyone too, but especially to children as they are developing. Children exposed to secondhand smoke are more likely to contract a variety of breathing problems and illnesses including bronchitis and pneumonia. Another important aspect of good prevention is to avoid exposing your children to sick people. When it is possible, keep your child away from people who are currently sick. Your child encounters plenty of germs during the day, but direct exposure to an infection 
is just not worth it. Stay in touch with your relatives, your child's friends, and your child's school to watch out for exposure to various infections. Keep in mind that viral infections are impossible to avoid completely, so don't go overboard if your relatives or friends have a mild cold. Avoid germs. Tell your children to wash their hands frequently. However, experts do tell us that there are germs living on our skin that may be beneficial, so don't overdo it. You see, being exposed to some germs is one of the ways children build up immunity in their systems. But of course, hands should be washed after using the restroom, when they come in from playing outside, and before eating. Hand sanitizers are a good backup if there is no water available to wash their hands. But for smaller children, don't give them the sanitizer because they may drink it. Also, instruct the children not to share water bottles or drinks with others and to keep their hands out of their mouths, which is much easier said than done with toddlers. So for how long should they wash their hands? Show your child how to sing the happy birthday song twice. This is the amount of time it takes to remove most germs from your hands. Cute, eh? Show your child how to cough or sneeze into their elbow. This way they can help prevent the spread of germs also. Another important point of prevention is to develop a plan for sick days. If your child is sick and at home with you, keep them there until they feel better. If your child goes to school or daycare, all schools require that a child is fever-free for 24 hours before they return. Make no mistake, your child will get sick at some point. Knowing how you will provide for their care will result in less stress for you and your child. Have your physician's and clinic's phone number in an easy-to-find place should they ever need it. When dealing with any illnesses your child may have, Parents should also keep the school and daycare updated with their current phone numbers so they can be reached when their child is sick. To prevent a last-minute rush and maybe some stress, it's important to schedule well-child visits. Your child should have a well-child checkup every two to three months up to one year of age, then at 18 months and again at two years old. After two years of age, your child will begin to visit their doctor each year for a basic checkup. Your pediatrician will take a variety of preventative measures after each visit, including tracking your child's growth, hearing, vision, and developmental milestone to help prevent learning challenges later on in school. Don't forget the importance of taking your child to the dentist as soon as their first teeth have come in. At least once every year, your child's teeth need to be cleaned and checked out. You know, Gina, here's an important point we often forget. Minimize in-home hazards. That is, place all toxic chemicals, cleaners, and weapons in a place that is not accessible to children, or under lock and key. And hide all cords and wires, secured to the wall furniture that could topple over. Keep sharp or any other dangerous objects away from the children. You may want to ask that your relatives, family, friends, and babysitters to safety-proof their homes as well, especially when your child goes for a visit. The third method in our series is so very important, physical activity. This is a key component in the child's overall health program. There are many ways you can help and encourage them to be physically active. Hey Ed, that's right. And one simple way to get kids moving is to sign them up for sports. 
Start experimenting with sports at an early age by enrolling your child through your local recreational center or school. Or you could sign your child up for lessons at a local sports facility. Yes, Gina. Being involved in sports will help your child to get at least 60 minutes of physical activity per day. And that is good. You know, avoid pressuring your child to pursue a sport that you like, but they strongly dislike. Instead, find something they really do enjoy. Try to keep a balance. You may want to consider not to overdo the competition part of sports. Sometimes sports can be played in a cooperative manner instead of competitive style. That way, everyone has fun, not just the winning side. Sports are also great for mental health. The pressure to focus required is great for children struggling with control issues like ADD or attention deficit disorder. An old saying says, a healthy body fosters a healthy mind. Get your child to play outside. Head outside with your child and go on a nice long walk or hike, jump rope, or go for a good bike ride. Play an extended game of tag, swimming, frisbee, planting a garden, stacking wood, followed by a picnic in the park. Soaking in the sunshine gives your child their daily dose of vitamin D. Besides that, this vitamin can then boost the child's immunity and help prevent a variety of infections. Well, Gina, another great benefit of outdoor activities is the simple act of breathing fresh air, which is so very healthy for a developing child. It is good to take a break from the air inside your home, as it could actually contain a variety of unhealthy chemicals. Please, limit technology time. Try to limit TV screen time to a maximum of two hours per day. You should also try to regulate the use of the computer, video games, and even their cell phone if they have one. Placing time and use limits on these devices will encourage your child to get out of doors and explore the world all around them. Technology can be useful, but also detrimental, and it can have a negative impact on their sleep patterns. Teach them that food is like fuel for the body. Teach them how certain foods provide high calories to make them strong, but which could also accumulate as fat unless it is burned doing physical activities. Hey, challenge your child to identify the best possible food to eat before sports. All children want to be strong, and having them understand the impact food has on their bodies is one way to help them achieve strength and health. For example, before your child's soccer game, ask them if a fast food burger or a homemade sandwich would help them perform better. High carbs or high protein? Discuss the pros and the cons of both options. Do a search on the internet together. Do things together with your kids. Make plans for the weekend. Go on a hiking or camping trip. Contact your kids' friends' parents and make a play date for the local park. If you create definite plans, you are far more likely to get out of the house and explore the world. It will be good for them. Don't forget to ask your child in advance what they would like to do over the weekend or during school breaks. They might have some great ideas or know about events that you're not aware of. Our fourth and final method is to ensure and maintain good emotional and mental health for your children. There are so many important aspects to be aware of to keep our children emotionally and mentally healthy. One way we can start practicing is to name emotions and respect them. An example such as 
you're crying. Are you frustrated about something? How can we work on that? Be accessible to them. Let's talk with our children about emotions such as sadness, joy, and anger. Always keep communication lines open with your children. Make an effort to be present so that your children will have a chance to approach you if they need to. Ask your child questions about their life and do so on a regular basis. Resist the urge to try to fix all their problems and instead just be a good listener and a resource for help and counsel when they ask. You know, Ed, that is so important. If you discover that your child is upset, you may say something like, when you are ready to talk, I'm here to help you figure everything out if I can, okay? Yes, Gina. That is so important. Talk to them about peer pressure. Recognize and acknowledge the mental pressures that your child will face. You see, as your kids grow up, at some point they will likely be offered drugs, alcohol, or be pressured to engage in sexual activity. It is important to start a conversation with your child about these issues. Encourage them to ask questions without getting into trouble talking about it. It is best to initiate these conversations prior to your child reaching their teen years. Most parents open up this subject before their child is 10 years old, if not earlier. You could role play various scenarios with your child to get them used to saying no and sticking with it. You might say, what is a good way to respond if someone offers you a beer at a party? Don't rely on school sex education to fully inform your child. Take responsibility for their well-being and ask them what they know, what they'd like to know, and what concerns they have. Whatever you do, and by all means, tell them your concerns as well. That's right, Gina. Each year in the United States alone, one million teenage girls become pregnant and nearly three million teens get a sexually transmitted disease or infection known as an STD or STI. So, one in three of those girls gets pregnant. Even though it may be awkward, you need to talk to your kids about the risks and responsibilities of being sexually active. You can help your kids understand sex in terms of love and respect. Love and respect are so important to focus on. Your family's religious values and your example to respect them play a significant role in helping your child to honor you and your values. The kids will trust you and feel safer when you are open about these topics. You know, Ed, it's so very important to tell them that I love you. Let your child know that they are precious and important to you. This also reassures them that they are safe and protected. This will also provide the groundwork for them to have healthy and happy adult relationships later on. Friends, let's remember to never use words of affection as a way to control or manipulate your child. For example, you can unintentionally manipulate your child if you say, I'll love you even more if you clean your room. That is a no-no. Only say those words when you truly mean them in the way they are intended because this confuses the child's mind as to whether this is a loving message or not. Stay in contact with their teachers. You see, your child's teachers spend a great deal of time with them and they need to know that your child's well-being is so very important to you.
Besides, they can give you a heads up regarding their mental outlook or attitude. Make sure to inquire not only about grades, but about how your child is interacting with others and coping with any life changes that are happening. Pay attention to possible warning signs. If your child is often tired, agitated, angry, irritable, or negative, you may want to seek professional help, perhaps counseling. Other signs of possible depression or other mental concerns include a lack of communication, poor hygiene or eating habits, and overall antisocial behavior and slipping grades. Friends, if you see any of these signs, talk to your child's doctor and tell him or her that you have concerns about their physical, emotional, and mental health. This can be emphasized enough. Well, Ed, we've just about covered the four methods of healthy living for our kids. But before we go, let's hear a word from an expert. Hello, friends. I'm Kate Dunn, and I'm the health manager here at Muckleshoot. Uh, we're out at the playground where I bring some of the children that I work with as a nurse. Um, I'm passionate about health um, because of my cultural heritage. I'm Ojibwe Nation and I am passionate about improving our children's health because that is our number one best resource and it is where we can make the biggest impact for future change among our people. Recent studies have shown that Native American children are twice as likely to be overweight and three times as likely to be obese. So this is obviously a huge problem affecting our children. Introducing children to healthy options right from the get-go and role modeling those as a parent is so very, very important. Just being in a park, taking the dog for a walk, um, showing them how to imagine things and get outside in nature, taking them where they can observe trees and learn some of the skills that we are losing in our culture. The best thing that you can do for your child is to pack them a bundle. A bundle that they can take with them their whole life. A bundle that gives them the tools that they need to be healthy. But in that bundle, it's important to put things like teaching them how to value nature, to be outside, to be active together, that water is our first medicine and it should be the most frequent liquid that we drink every day. Rest is so important to the balance of, of life. And without good sleep, children have a hard time growing. They have a hard time in school. Stay connected with your child. Love them through everything. And if you put all of those things in that bundle, you will have amazing children. Thank you, Kate. I'm so proud of you. These are all such important points to consider in keeping your children happy and healthy. Don't you think? Absolutely, Ed. Friends, as you can see, children's health is a huge subject with so much to learn and put into practice. That's right, Gina. And we sincerely hope that these simple methods are helpful to you and that as you apply them in your home, your kids will grow up to have a healthy and safe and happy life. Well, it's time to say goodbye. So join us again for another episode of Native, Native New, New Health. Health.